For the last several weeks, we've been looking at the topic of righteousness and understanding what does it mean to be just? What does it mean to be righteous in God's eyes? On today, we're going to look at the encounter between the young rich ruler and Jesus Christ. And a part of that conversation, there's some revelation that we need to have regarding this topic of righteousness. Make sure you stay tuned. You were listening to Good Treasure Podcast Show with your Bible teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books Unlocking Godly Wisdom, Fear of the Lord, David, Man of War, and the children's book series The Adventures of Rai Rai. For more information, visit the website at dariusgood.com. For more information regarding the church, visit the church's website at bgc.family. And now, here's your Bible teacher, Darius Good. You're listening to the Good Treasure Podcast Show. My name is Darius Good. Thank you for joining us on today. Today, we're going to get into episode 16, The Rich, Unrighteous, Young Ruler. We're going to look at this encounter between Jesus and this young man. But first... Uh, please go visit my website today, DariusGood.com. you learn more about this podcast show, as well as some other podcast shows that we have. I'm also a book author. I'm also a songwriter. I have quite a few books that are available. All that information is available right there on the website, DariusGood.com. Also visit our church's website at BGC.family, BGC. Dot family, you, you can join us on Sunday mornings for our worship service. And I am a teacher, and so if you enjoy the teachings, you could join us live um, on Sunday morning. Service starts about uh 10:30-ish, where we kind of get uh transition from our worship service into our teachings. But all that information is right there on the website at bgc.family. On today, we have episode 16. We've entitled today's episode The Rich Unrighteous young ruler and we're going to look at this topic of righteousness before we get into the scripture that deals with this conversation between the young ruler and jesus i want to first kind of set some foundation for today's teaching so our definition for righteousness is the state of him who is as he ought to be righteousness the condition acceptable to god I'll give that definition again. It's the state of him who is as he ought to be, the condition acceptable to God. Now, as we've laid our foundation in previous teachings, we understand that man cannot determine righteousness because then we would have a thousand, uh, tens of thousands of definitions of what righteousness is. Righteousness is not defined by ourselves. It's not what I believe righteousness to be. And this is what people often do. They say, I'm a good person. I don't curse. I don't swear. Um, they may say, I'm a man of my word or a woman of my word. Um, and then we, we build all these ideas or ideology of what we believe righteousness looks like. So now when I stand before God and I state my case I should highlight these things a part of my life as part of my definition of why I'm righteous and I deserve to spend eternity in heaven. But that's not how righteousness was determined. 
Righteousness was determined before God created man. There was already a standard of righteousness. There's a standard in which God looks at an individual and will say that they have arrived to a state or condition by which they are now approved by God. We understand that when sin came into the world through Adam, when he sinned, it caused all of humanity to fall short of God's glory. So before Adam sinned, anyone that would have been born would have been born in righteousness. But because of sin, we'll have all now taken on a sin nature, which means we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And so God put some things in place. Old Testament standard. He gave them the law to live by. And so the law uh, allowed man to be righteous, but it didn't meet the standard that was necessary to bring man to the fullness of God's original intent. That could not happen until Jesus came. And so as we're going to look at one passage of scripture, as we've been looking at this scripture over and over in quite a few of our previous teachings in Matthew chapter five, verse 20, Jesus makes this statement that your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Pharisees and the scribes. It's important that we understand these two groups. And Jesus did not say that that their standard of living was not righteous. That's not what he said. He said that our righteousness had to exceed, which means that these two groups were doing something that was good. And so there's something we must take from the scribes, something we must take from the Pharisees. And those two parts together still doesn't equal the standard God had set. And so Jesus came to bring that third piece of the pie. That third piece is called faith. And so I'm going to give you uh, just one scripture uh, to help us understand the righteousness of faith. So I've been teaching it this way, these three parts, the righteousness of the scribes, the righteousness of the Pharisees, and then the part that Jesus brought to the equation, which would, which would be the righteousness of faith. So in uh, Philippians chapter three, verse nine, verse nine, it says, and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. This is the righteousness of faith. It's not by man's standard, but faith was a standard that God put in place. There are three passages of scriptures, uh, and they all say the same thing. The just must live by faith. The just is the righteous. The righteous must live by faith. This is the requirement to reach the standard uh, that God has set in place for all of humanity. Another verse that's very important. Uh, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Pleasing. Live a lifestyle pleasing to God. The standard where, which God looks at man and says, I am pleased with them. Pleased with your lifestyle. Pleased with your mindset. That's a lifestyle of faith. And so that was impossible before Jesus came. So all they had was the law. They had the scribes, which were the teachers, the Jewish teachers, and they had the Pharisees. And these two portions gave them a standard of living. But once Jesus came, as he explained to them, I did not come to do away with the law. I came to fulfill it. 
I came to bring that third part. And so these three parts together work in tandem to uh, give us a full picture of what righteousness looks like. Now, let me say this before we begin to look at this passage of scripture of the conversation between Jesus and the young ruler. If you have a Christian life, and I want to describe this lifestyle to you, um, and if what I describe look like your walk with God, then I'll explain at the end what this is. So let's say you say, well, I feel that the standard of walking God means that you have to have a lifestyle of prayer. And so I'm given to daily prayer. I wake up in the morning and I'll, I'll pray for 30 minutes or I'll pray for an hour or even at night. I might pray 30 minutes. I'll pray for an hour. But I have a lifestyle given to prayer. Now, understand there are many types of prayers. So you might say, well, I do my prayers of petition, but I also pray for others. So there might be some supplication that is a part of my prayer life. There might be some intercession that is a part of my prayer life. You might say, well, I'm given to worship, so I'm a worshiper. Or I pray, pray prayers of thanksgiving or prayers of rejoicing. All these are different types of prayers. If you remember the scripture, it says, uh, we, we uh, enter into his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. That's the prayer of thanksgiving. We enter into the courts with praise. And then we understand that beyond the courts, we now go into, into the holies. And then, of course, there was the holies of holies. And this helps us understand the process through prayer of entering into God's presence. And so there are many types of prayer. And a person says, well, I'm given to a prayer life, a daily prayer life. Our second uh, lifestyle is the reading and studying of scriptures. Our third one would be I pay tithe consistently. I pay offerings. Well, those were also Old Testament requirements. When they would go to the priest, they were required to bring tithe. They're also required to bring offerings. The offerings, there were different types of offerings. Uh, the sin offering, there were guilt offerings, there was burnt offerings, there were peace offerings. And so there was different requirements, different animals that had to be brought. Um, sometimes there were female animals. Sometimes it has to be a male. God predetermined the age. Um, they had to look at the quality of the animal. Sometimes there could be no blemishes. All this was a part of the offering. Well, nowadays we bring tithe and offering to the church. Um, another quality of a Christian lifestyle, person given to alms or giving to charities or giving when they see a need. Another characteristic, working with those in need. So I'm not just providing finances. I'm physically there working. And then we choose our demographic of which we are uh, focused on, whether it's children, whether it's women, whether it's young men. We identify a target audience and say, I'm giving my time, my energy, my effort to help this group. Another lifestyle is a mindset that says, I'm not going to break the laws of God. I'm going to keep God's commandments. So I live a lifestyle of holiness. And so I'm not given to adultery. I'm not given to fornication. I don't do lying or uh, deception. I shun evil. Uh, I'm not given to drunkenness. I'm not given to a lifestyle of lasciviousness or riotous living. 
I don't covet my neighbor's spouse. I don't cover, covet my neighbor's possessions. And so this is a lifestyle that I've adopted, I've embraced now that I'm saved, and I am a child of God. Understand everything that I just described is the righteousness of the scribes and the righteousness of the Pharisees. This lifestyle and this mindset that I just described still falls short of God's standard for righteousness. Pastor, how can you say that? That's because the scripture says the just must live by faith. Everything I describe does not require faith. Now, of course, when it comes to intercession, there is a level of faith um, and also portions of prayer that faith is a requirement. Um, But it's not a lifestyle of faith. And I'm not going to take today to describe what that lifestyle of faith looks like. But we will look at this aspect of the righteousness of faith as Jesus encounters this young, rich ruler. Now, the story of the young, rich ruler could be found in Matthew chapter 19. You can find it in Mark 10, verse 17 through 22. You can find it in Luke chapter 18, verses 18 through 23. Some of the details uh, you might find in one version that you don't find in another. But today we're going to look at the passage here in Matthew, beginning at verse 16. So we're in Matthew 19, verse 16. And it reads, Behold, one came to Jesus and asked him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Now that's the question. How do I obtain eternal life? life or how about this a lifestyle of righteousness verse 17 he said unto him why callest thou me good there is none good but one that is god but if thou wilt enter into life enter into life he's not talking about once you die he's talking about enter into the zoe life of god if you enter into life Keep the commandments. So then we have verse 18. Now, this is interesting. Jesus said, keep the commandments. That's the lifestyle of the Pharisees and the scribes. Verse 18. He said unto him, which commandments? Jesus said, thou shalt do no murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Honor thy mother and thy father, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Jesus just described the the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. At verse 20, the young man said unto him, All these things I have kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? What am I lacking? We already know the answer. He's lacking that third piece of the pie. He's lacking the righteousness of faith. Now watch what Jesus says to him at verse 21. Jesus said unto him, if thou wilt be perfect, if thou wilt be mature, go and sell that thou hast, give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. 
Verse 22, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Now, the sad part about this encounter is people look at selling all that you have and the man having great possessions. And then we get into this line of teaching where we teach against prosperity. We teach against wealth. Um, and then we take the statement that Jesus says that it's impossible for um, the rich man to enter into heaven, that it's easier for a camel to enter into the needle, the head of a needle. Um, that's not what Jesus was talking about because we miss one key statement that Jesus said to him. He didn't just simply say, sell all that you have and then give to the poor and then remain poor. What he said to him was, come and follow me. This is the key to the entire exchange, the entire conversation. Why is this statement so important? Because the man was a ruler. He had a position. It's implied that being a ruler means he was a leader or possibly worked as some sort of magistrate. His position, of course, came with large amounts of wealth. And of course, part of that could have been generational wealth. So we understand that the band's position within society was now going to be altered if he followed this command. So as much as we've laid so much emphasis on the wealth, and that's what Jesus does uh, talk about, more importantly, the man's status in society would have changed overnight. He could have sold all that he had, but now to give up the title and the position and now do what become a disciple of jesus christ that was too much to 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 ask of him and of course that mindset breaks the number one commandment which is to love god with all of your heart with mind with all of your soul with all of your strength this is putting god first and so we see in this conversation between the young ruler and Jesus, as he's saying, I'm upholding the law. I'm living the lifestyle of righteousness, the standard of righteousness according to the laws of God. I read one writing which said that he broke the second commandment to love thy neighbor as thyself. But that's not true. Even in that conversation where Jesus told him to love your neighbor as yourself, that young man said, I am doing that. Jesus didn't say that's not true. He didn't say you fall short in that area. Where he said he fell short, the area which, which he lacked was the area of righteousness that dealt with purpose. This man's purpose in the earth. Where, where, where am I to be where God looks at me and says, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. When I created you, that's where I purposed for you to be, well, that is revealed through Christ. In him we live, in him we move, in him we have our being. As I receive Christ, this is the first step into righteousness. Our second part of that process is the revelation through Jesus Christ how to live. Not just a standard of holiness, but where am I working at? What city do I live in? What demographic am I to impact uh, uh, through 
through grace and through my talents and my abilities. I don't get to pick and choose where I labor. But if I'm a servant of Christ, if I've submitted myself under the mighty hand of God, then there is a work that is to be done. I'm here for a purpose. And that is revealed through Christ. And so in this man's encounter with Jesus, Jesus reveals to the man purpose. And this is very important because he's not teaching follow me as in follow my teachings. He said, sell all that you have and come and follow me. That means be one of my disciples. That is not a request that we see Jesus doing often. Go through the entire Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. There's only a couple of instances or moments where Jesus said to somebody, come and follow me. In one occasion, the man said, let me go bury my dad. And Jesus says to him, let the dead bury the dead. But he doesn't say that to everybody. When Jesus encounters the demiac and he sets this man free, and of course there was two part of that story there, but we, we focus on the one that had the conversation with Jesus and he's wrapped in chains and he's living in the graveyard. And he's breaking chains with supernatural strength. And then Jesus and the disciples arrive. He falls at the feet of Jesus. He comes and worships him after he is is delivered and set free. And the scripture says he is sitting in his right mind. He says to Jesus, let me follow you. The scripture says that Jesus told him to remain there. He didn't give him the commandment to come and follow him. Jesus was not collecting disciples. He wasn't telling everyone that encountered him, come and follow me. So that statement of follow me has nothing to do with the teachings of Christ or the mindset um, of, of Christianity, the mindset of uh, being led by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about physically following after Christ as he travels to the next town. That's what this young ruler was being called into. Discipleship. Be discipled by the Messiah. Be discipled by Jesus Christ. This young man said, I can't do this. It's too much for me to ask. Losing my wealth, losing my position, losing my possessions. It was just too much for him. And so the young man walked away sorrowful. He did not obtain the third part of righteousness. He did not embrace the word of righteousness that was given to him. And so many have tried to live a lifestyle as a good Christian. And it's the lifestyle that I described. A lifestyle given to prayer, a lifestyle given to reading the scriptures and obtaining understanding, a lifestyle of paying tithe and, and offerings and doing so consistently, a lifestyle of helping those in need, whether financially or physically, a lifestyle of working with those in need, a lifestyle where I don't break the laws and commandments of God, a lifestyle of holiness, not given to lying and deception and adultery and fornication. But this is not the lifestyle of the righteousness of faith. In Hebrews chapter five at verse 12, Paul made a statement to those Christians. He said, this is the time where you ought to, 
to be teachers. He said, but now you have need that one teach you again, which are the first principles of the oracles of God. He's saying, I got to go back to the very beginning with you guys. And he said, you are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. They were not able to digest strong meat. We got to go back to the beginning. I got to go back to the first principles, which is the milk. Then he explains at verse 13 what the meat is. He said, for everyone that uses milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Let me read it from this way. NLT version for someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Here's another version, CSB version. Now, everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness. What is Paul explaining to them? That the word of righteousness is a word of meat. You have to have a level of maturity, a level of understanding. This is why the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees is critical for us to obtain the righteousness of faith. The righteousness of faith is the meat. It is not milk. So it's not for infants and for children. It's for those that are full grown, those that are mature in Christ. And so the righteousness of the Pharisees, the righteousness of the scribes is our foundation, a lifestyle of prayer, a lifestyle of reading and understanding the scriptures, growing in the knowledge of Christ, a lifestyle of giving, of tithing, consistency, faithfulness, a lifestyle of holiness. All this is important. So when Jesus reveals purpose, pick up your cross, come and follow me. This is the call to die to self. This is the righteousness of faith. You have been listening to Good Treasure Podcast Show with your Bible teacher, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and author of the books Unlocking Godly Wisdom, Fear of the Lord, David, Man of War, and the children's book series The Adventures of Rai Rai. To learn more about these books or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at DariusGood.com. For more information regarding the church, visit the church's website at bgc.family. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation and enlightenment. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, may God open unto you his good treasure. Be blessed.